Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Donut Racing Show, everybody, where we bring a pocketed mini whiskey bottle mindset to the model-led bottle service order and podium of Formula One racing. My name is Nolan Sykes, and I'm joined by my single co-host, one of my favorite auto journalists, Elizabeth Blackstock. Hello. How's it going? I'm in London. We are like 900 hours apart right now. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Uh, Alanis is on a flight. Somewhere she 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 might be popping in in this episode. We'll see. She just got back to the airport, so we'll see what happens. Maybe she she bursts in the door. Maybe she quietly enters the room. But in the meantime, uh, this week we're gonna be talking some racing. We saw the Hungarian Grand Prix this weekend. But Nolan, how how are you doing? How have you been? Oh man, my weekend was crazy. Uh, I mean, I was all gonna last, say you did some stuff. Yeah, all last week was like super filled with shoots, and then uh, I had to go home to Atascadero, I finally got to drive our Bonneville Roadster for the first time. We rented out this airfield in Santa Margarita uh, where Hoonigan usually shoots their stuff and where we shot the mini bike video a couple weeks ago. Uh, we rented it out just to make sure the car ran because Bonneville Speed Week is in two weeks. Uh, and I'm very excited now. That thing, big old 6.1 liter V8, uh, Chevy 372. We estimate it makes around 600 horsepower. That thing's got some grunt to it. You can tell it's meant to like go really fast. It's not built for a guy my size, uh, so I'm really jammed in there. But also, like, just I hit the top of first and then shift into second, and almost out of runway. So it's like Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's intense. It's, it's it's fast. It's cool. Anyway, how was your weekend, Liz? I was in Newton, Iowa, oh, the baby. center of the Midwest. Essentially, I went for the IndyCar doubleheader. I was a guest of Expel. Uh, it was great. I interviewed Scott McLaughlin. I got to go shake hands with Joseph Newgarden on podium. Um, I met Roger Penske, which was oh. a little, perhaps yeah, it was a little a little mind blowing. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> it was a it was a lot of fun. I had a I had a great time. Now I'm here in London, uh, acclimating before I get into Formula E's season finale this weekend. Okay, yeah, that what a whiplash of uh, of settings. I think going from Iowa to London <laughs> back to yeah. Back. I, I was gonna say like two weeks ago I was doing Portland for Formula E and then did Monster Jam, so it was just like the opposite poles of motorsport wow. spectrum. And I feel like I'm kind of similar. I went from an oval to a little downtown London yeah. street circuit, but it's gonna be fun. 
But we saw some race car this weekend that happened in Hungary, not in Newton, Iowa. No. And we had we had a good, pretty good qualifying session for Formula One this weekend. I'm not gonna Amazing. lie. Amazing, yeah. <laughs> the big news here was that Lewis Hamilton actually landed on pole, which was his first of the season. I still can't believe that that actually happened. I didn't watch qualifying live. I watched it later. Uh, and when I saw the results, I was like, who got penalized? Yeah, like, yeah, same. Is, did Max get a lap deleted? George Russell had a very terrible qualifying and started in 18th. He tries too hard to be the alternate strategy, I think. Yeah. Um, and some, whip something out there that like no one has thought of before. <laughs> and it's not working. They, I think what happened with George is they waited till the last possible second for the optimal track temperatures and everything like that, but then ended up getting him caught in traffic. Um, yeah, just wasn't – should have just gone out right behind Lewis, which I maybe he did. Uh, but still, whatever happened, it screwed him. And uh, P18, bad news. Sergio Perez, bless his soul, he finally did it. He made it into Q2 despite having a nasty crash in practice. That was good. I I – I'm I'm glad to see that he seems like he's getting some of his confidence back. Um, yes, as we'll see, very uh, confident performance from Checo this weekend. McLaren, they proved that they're back with a P3 and P4. They were the only team this weekend who had teammates starting on the grid next to each other. Wow. Zhou Guan Yu had his best ever start from P5. He actually led a session and qualifying when they ended it he was on top which was crazy you know just end it there let him start on pole uh Valtteri <laughs> Bottas was p7 and then we get to Ferrari which mm. they yet again had a disappointing showing Carlos Sainz did not make it into the top 10 and Charles Leclerc started p6 mixed bag yeah kind of the position we expect from Charles I think in this car right around now but yeah p10 for Carlos I don't know that was that was weird it really was like they I don't know. It was a weird weekend. They introduced a new qualifying format this weekend yes. that we should mention. We should probably talk uh, about so that. The first qualifying session, Q1, was run exclusively on hard tires. Everyone was on the same hard tires. Q2 was everyone on the medium tires and then Q3, everyone on the softs. So this was a intended to kind of shake up everything give us a little bit of a show and i think honestly it did seeing zhou guan yu leading a session that's kind of insane uh seeing people like i mean even just alfa romeo generally in the top 10 honestly pretty nice um and then ferrari just having no idea what to do about anything ever at any point in time despite <laughs> any any amount of tire i half expected them to be on the softs during the hard session what like what, all, three hards and one soft? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's it. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a a new format that forces teams to you know prove their performance on every mm-hmm. tire set. You know, not just fast on softs, which has kind of been the the story I think for many years now. You know, you'll see some midfield teams sometimes sneak into the Q two and Q three because they're fast on softs. But now we're starting to see. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I liked it a lot. It's different for sure, but it's it's a welcome change and, and not too gimmicky. It has merit in, in sporting like regulations and whatnot. Everyone being on the same tire, I think, levels the playing field a little bit. It reduces a little bit of the yes, strategy. It's definitely. not it's not a sprint race. Uh so that's always cool, neat, and awesome. So I was a big fan. I really thought it, it worked out well and I'm excited that you know, we get to see something a little bit different, you know, same format, same, you know, what we're used to, just a little a little switch that makes it that much more interesting. Yeah, maybe they bring back one shot qualifying later this season Ooh. just to try it out, Ooh. see what happens. You know what? I would not complain because one of the big talking points this weekend was who had a banker lap and who didn't. The amount of people who had gone out and actually set a time uh, before they, you know, went out for their real their cranking lap. And possibly got it, got it cut because of uh, track limits. So if they only had one shot, honestly, I would, I'd love to see do it at Austria next year. Like, let's just see what <laughs> happens. No one qualifies. I didn't realize how complicated qualifying had got. I guess to like a non-watcher. Like, I watched the race this weekend with my dad, which I haven't done in ten years, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. So he was curious about, you know, why the teams go out for that first lap and then have to come back in. 
and then do their actual lap. And I was like, I couldn't really give them a straight answer because I was like, because the track gets better, I guess. That's kind of the main reason. But with like one shot qualifying, I think that had a lot more drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and also really like it, it, drama, I guess, would be the gimmick for that. But also it would be a real proof of, of skill. You know, if you could yeah. qualify top of the board with like an hour long one one shot session, you know. There's so much that you have to navigate these days between tires and staying actually within the track limits and mm-hmm. all of that nonsense. So I think I, let's do it for Abu Dhabi. Just like I, Max is going <laughs> to win the championship. I think we know that's going to happen. Let's just throw in a little spice. Yeah. The race itself was hot. If you've never been to Hungary, I had, I've had friends who go for this race uh, regularly and it's generally hot. This year, the track was 123.8 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, For those of you who do not speak American, that's 51 Celsius. That was at the start of the race, so that had a a potential to bring about a three-stop pit strategy just solely on the fact that tires were going to degrade. Uh, Most drivers actually started on mediums. Norris had brand new ones, but Sergio Perez and George Russell had hards. Yeah. And then Carlos Sainz, Lance Stroll, Pierre Gasly, and Yuki Tsunoda were on soft tires. That was pretty cool. Um, we saw a pretty wide spectrum, I think, of strategies. Um, normally, we don't really see, I think, that all, all three tires represented at the start, at least. It, it's, it, it happens, but it's not super common. I was going to say, there's generally, like, the preferred tire that everyone kind of... Everyone opts for, and then you've got someone who wants to do the alternate strategy who does the the second you know slightly less preferred but still good tire so it was it was a lot of fun to see that how that played out at the start uh and that also meant that the first round of pit stops kicked off on lap nine of 70 when alex albans brought his williams in for tire change daniel ricardo we talked a lot about him last week with the nick formula Back in that Alpha Tauri for Hungary with a new helmet design with some like latte colored uh, flames on his helmet, which I thought was pretty interesting. Mocha. Mocha is the word that I'm looking for, not latte. It was an interesting return for Daniel Ricardo. He did all right. He was involved in a collision with the Alpine drivers at the start of the race. Thanks to Joe Guan Yu, who kind of stalled his car at the start uh, in that fifth position. Joe, he has a terrible start. Everybody passes him. He finds himself, you know, he does get the car going eventually, but he's near like the the back midfield uh, behind Daniel Ricardo. maybe because of nerves, maybe because he's going, oh, crap, I messed up that start. That gets him all frazzled. He kind of breaks pretty late into that turn, ends up going into the back of Daniel Ricardo. Daniel makes contact with one of the Alpines. Both the cars are out of the race, but Daniel keeps going on. Daniel did start in front of Yuki, then, you know, had the collision, but then recovered to P13 over Yuki's P15. So already out of the gate, you know, I'm going to start a Nick formula on Daniel and Yuki. We're going to track this. Um, so, yeah, he's got a, a performance rating point lead on Yuki right now, but still in like a, a oh, yeah, he's in an Alpha Towery kind of spot, P13. I had a lot of mixed feelings about the way that we, we as in the commentators, hyped up Daniel's return. As if he had like been gone for twelve years and was like coming back as this grizzled veteran. It was he's really just funny. been gone for a couple races. Yeah. It hasn't been that long. I did notice the same thing. I was like, okay, like he's been gone and we everybody loves the guy to death, but like it hasn't been that long. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, it, it felt like they were hyping him up for this like stunning performance as if he was going to get on podium, which is not gonna happen in that car. Um, one of the real interesting things about that bonk session that they had there at the beginning apparently Esteban Ocon's seat split in half during the collision that he had so a lot of people were very concerned about whether or not he was okay Um, and ultimately he was everything was fine Um, but that was just I don't think we've ever heard of that before like I'm worried about getting pinched by the seat if that happened yeah it was that's gotta be painful that would That's a trip to the medical center just on its own. Honestly, at this point, I think uh, I've got a new conspiracy. Okay. I'm just going to drop this one here. Alpine is cursed. 
Alpine is absolutely positively cursed. This was the second double DNF for Alpine in a row. It's not good. It really was not. And I don't know what happened. I mean, the midfield teams, this prize money at the end of the season is so important. And now they're even further down the rankings. How do you think they became cursed? What do you have any reasoning for that? I think Pierre Gasly brought it with him from Red Bull, from the Red Bull Junior program. I personally, I think every time a Red Bull Junior leaves the Red Bull program, they bring with them that oh. curse. Hence, Daniel Ricciardo not being good at Renault and McLaren. Ooh. Carlos Sainz, he's all right at Ferrari, but it's it's not stellar. I mean, it's a little soon, I think, for another Red Bull Junior program kind of stats episode, but uh, I think this is worth a look. Stats-wise, that's awesome. Uh, Alex Albon, he's doing all right over there at Williams. But he lost his seat and had to come back. So I think that there is... There's some like recovery period where he like saged himself... ...and went through the rituals and is now cleansed. Okay. And so now he's back. But Daniel hasn't done that, apparently. Interesting, yeah. That, that, uh, That wasn't my only conspiracy that I brought from this weekend... This one largely has to do with McLaren. McLaren absolutely killed it this weekend. Yeah. As we mentioned, Piastri and Norris were the only teammates on the grid to start side by side. And it was a real good start. They both got past Lewis Hamilton in the first quarter. Oh, yeah. They smoked him. It was crazy. It was insane. I literal like jaw drop moment for me when I was watching that. Um, big change from what we saw at the beginning of the year. I believe that McLaren was intentionally bad at the beginning of the year. Okay. Because the comeback story will be what dominates the rest of this season. They Mm. knew that they could take over the headlines, and they knew from a consumer vehicle perspective Mm -hmm. that their vehicles will now seem better than those of Ferrari and Mercedes. Mm. I think this is all a marketing scheme. I have moved on from my previous theory that McLaren can only be good in one series at a time. They did all right this weekend everywhere. Um, Pato Award got on podium at uh, Iowa in his McLaren. So okay, not bad, not bad. But I'm firmly in this camp now that uh, McLaren have just decided that like this is going to be their thing. They're going to take the headlines. They're going to be the the Aston Martin. Of the second half of the season. <laughs> I think so. I still need more evidence to be uh, to buy into this. I think uh, <laughs> a multi-multi-million dollar racing program would probably not intentionally shoot themselves in the foot for a significant but portion Zach of Brown, the But Zach Brown is a loose cannon. But he... I, like, this man's going to do a lot of things yes. that are silly, that we don't think make sense, and then suddenly it all clicks. I'll be collecting evidence, and I will report back. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. So, speaking of McLaren, Piastri was actually running in P2 for 19 laps. That was very impressive. It's got to be a good, um, good feeling for a rookie, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Definitely. Um, Norris overtook at the first pit stop, despite the fact that Piastri had a two-second stop. After Norris passed, Piastri checked in with McLaren, who pretty much just told him, manage your tires, um, presumably aiming for a two-stop race. Not bad, honestly. Let the more experienced fella fight it out up in the front and Piastri just get your points both had a really really great race but Lando managed to hold off Checo for a P2 podium spot and then uh, proceeded to break Max's trophy <laughs> yeah. during the podium celebration oh my god my man can't stop slamming his bottle on the podium and breaking trophies this is crazy I don't understand what benefit that brings other than the fact that it looks cool, but also... It looks awesome. I mean, in Formula Drift, Matt Field does the same thing. Uh, It looks sick. But, uh, yeah, you're going (laughs) to... It's so funny watching the clip. There's like an overhead angle of him doing it where he smacks it down. The the trophy, this beautiful, like, porcelain-looking thing, like a... It looks like something that like a rich person would have in their house. And apparently they would, because apparently they're very expensive to build these things, to make these uh, little trophies. Um, anyway, it does a little wobble and then falls on the ground. And then <laughs> Lando's doing his champagne thing. He looks down, he notices it, keeps doing the champagne. And then his double take, he's like, oh, it's so funny. It's really funny. Um, yeah. So apparently 
they'll be the factory that makes these trophies will be remaking one for Max at the cost of something like sixty thousand dollars. It takes weeks to make one of these things. It's insane. Yeah, it's like a Fabergé egg. Yes. Hey, here's like a f- fancy looking doodad for rich people to have in their houses. Let's make a trophy <laughs> out of this. Honestly, it looks it looks like an urn, like a rich person's urn. Mm-hmm. If I was going to pass away, that's where I would want Hell to yeah. be. Hell yeah, put me kept. in one of those things. And I would also like Lando Norris to knock me over. I think that'd be a good story for my ghost. Then you could haunt him. Oh. You could haunt him or, like, request that your ashes be put in a race car. Lando's not a Red Bull Jr. I can't haunt him. No. So, yeah. Anyway, the trophy's broken. Max is getting a new one. Everything's all good. Lando gets to add another iconic klutzy moment to his already his growing collection of klutzy moments. And, you know, it all worked out. Break more trophies. Why not? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that. And find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alanis is with us. She is uh, coming to us live from the back of a car, it looks like. I'm in the back of a car going from New Jersey to New York City right oh now. And I have my microphone on top of my backpack. I like I'm here. I'm doing things. Your cab driver has definitely seen weirder things going on in the back of his car. So I think this is totally normal. This probably happens every week for him. Honestly, probably this is the first time I have ever used a hotspot. And I'm just now learning hotspots are like very convenient. Yes. Yes. Technology has advanced. I regularly use one at home when my internet goes out because I live in the middle of nowhere. The the hotspot quality almost sounds better than your home internet. That's incredible. Thank you so much, Nolan. I'll work on that. I will use my hotspot <laughs> at home now. But yes, I can see the skyline. Wow. Our show is now spanning three separate time zones. This is insane. I love it. And you know who also spanned a different time zone this weekend? Max Verstappen. He was in a different time zone compared to the field. Yes. This is such a good theme. <laughs> so we talk a lot about Red Bull winning and we kind of sigh and move on and just go, ah, they won again. But we did see some history made this weekend. Max's win made 12 wins in a row for an F1 team, which has Never happened before, ever. The previous record holder, which they were tied with, was McLaren, set in 1988. Wow, yeah. Huge achievement That's for Red disgusting. Bull. That's disgusting. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think there are two factors here. One, Red Bull is super dominant. Two, there are more races than ever. So you have more chances to win in a row. So you're not going to a new season with a new set of rules and a new set of cars. So it is more feasible to win more races in a row. Nolan, I'm going to need you to make up the max formula this next time <laughs> around so that we can like adequately determine the best driver of the eras because Red Bull winning all of those races, it's a kind of a different thing. It's That's only a fraction of the season when you compare that with 1988, which was a majority of the season. Uh, back then, there were probably only 16 races in a year at most. Um I need a formula, Nolan. I need I need to be able to compare these. I need to be able to decide uh, who's best. Is Fangio washed? That's my question. 
Well, one of my friends pointed out that if George Russell hadn't won Brazil last year, that the win streak would be that much longer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh my if God. not for, if not for George Russell. Well, speaking of highlights of race weekends, Max Verstappen's radio remains one of those. I think he's just getting a little bored out in front of the field. You can hear it. Yeah, he just radios in his, like, live thoughts. He's like, oh, There are so many problems in turn one offline. It's crazy. It's like a whole left to get them off. <laughs> the yeah. weather is this. The wind is this. It's like he's podcasting from his car 33 seconds in front of the field. And around lap 62, his pit wall calls in and said, Everything okay? Just checking in? And it's like, I don't know why you would need to check in on him. He's constantly talking to you. He's bored. All right, I have a new proposal, and I think that Sky Sports should hire Max Verstappen as a live race commentator. <laughs> yes. Like, just have him tune in and be like, hey, Max, how's it going out there? How's the weather look? That would be so awesome. Elizabeth, that's what they're doing, as you know, in SRX. So Tony Stewart, former NASCAR champion, he created his own racing series. It's the Superstar Racing Experience, SRX for short. It's Tony Carr. And they will call you on the radio live during the race, not under caution, not under safety car. You'll be driving and they're like, hey, Tony, how's it going out there? And he's like, oh, you know, just <laughs> just driving the car. It's kind of the same energy of like, uh, you know, you're, you're driving late at night. So you have to call like a friend to stay awake or they check in on you. Like when I was driving home this weekend, I had to it was a late night. uh Late night drive to Tascadero, so my my fiance Chloe called me and she said, "Hey, just checking in with you, making sure you're still awake and everything. How are you?" And that was exactly the same kind of tone with Red Bull um, this weekend. Also, the thing about the marbles on Turn One was so funny too, because it's like, yeah, he's literally just reporting things that are happening that are not of of, of no consequence. Oh, there are so many marbles in Turn One offline. It's crazy. He's handing information to other teams so that they can then like utilize their strategy yes. oh yeah max yes. says that there's marbles out here all right perfect we'll be ready for him <laughs> checo he had a he had a good day he drove from p9 to p3 they started him on hards as we said so he reached p2 by lap 23 before stopping on lap 25 and he just kept going he had a good day it was nice to see, and I think that he definitely needed that kind of a drive going into the final race before summer break. Um, get his head in the right place. Yeah. I don't think it's been good. Yeah. I hope for Checo's mental health, at least, that he does have a pretty good result this next race before summer break, like you mentioned. Because otherwise, I, it's, I, I think, kind of critical, actually, for him to do well, because if he does poorly... Going in the summer break, I think coming back is just not going to be great. That being said, I think a nice long vacation like the summer break will do wonders for Checo. And maybe either way, we'll see a, a good return from him afterwards. I think so. But honestly, like I just want him to like be able to lay down at the beach feeling good about himself, not having to worry about anything. <laughs> On the very opposite end of Red Bull was Alfa Romeo this weekend, which actually not that bad. Usually we're looking at Alfa Romeo wondering what happened. This weekend it's for a good reason. They both had a great qualifying session. As we discussed, Joe had a tough start. He dropped down the grid order, hit Ricardo, who hit the Alpines, and he got a five-second time penalty for it. But honestly, both of them did a really great job. Valtteri Bottas finished in 12th, and Joe finished in 16th despite the time penalty. They both were quick, so... It's honestly, it's going to be interesting to see if they continue to improve as the season continues. It seemed like they were really able to take advantage of the new qualifying format that was introduced. Um, maybe they did not put together the race that they would have wanted from that, especially after what happened to Joe. But yeah, all things considered, like it, it was a, it was a pretty impressive run for both of them. Still a great showing for the team, and uh, hopefully they can kind of build that momentum back. I would love to see Botas get some more top tens love to see joe get up there too i want to see what he can do see if he can hold on to the, a higher grid position uh throughout the race instead of bogging it on the on the start that was very unfortunate it was but he's still he's still pretty i don't want to say he's still pretty young but he is still pretty new at that whole kind of starting in the fray kind of stuff so another shot and we'll see what happens 
Now for some real disappointment, starting with Mercedes. As we mentioned in the beginning, uh, Hamilton was swarmed by Verstappen and the two McLarens at the start and was P4 by the end of the first corner. It was pretty underwhelming, I think. You know, we 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 were, I don't know, I was stoked to see a lead lap by Hamilton, maybe. Dude, I was so jazzed, and then I immediately was forced to come back to Earth. Yeah, Like, yeah. within three corners. I mean... <laughs> Usually it's Max that has kind of like a struggle at the start. Mm-hmm. If there's if he has any Achilles heel, it's been that he's had a few bad starts, if you could even call him bad. But he did not have one this weekend. He really pounced on Hamilton, uh, took that lead spot away, you know, went down the inside in turn one. And those McLarens really showed how good they are now, basically replicating the same move on Hamilton. It was not the best first lap for him. Hamilton thought he'd be fighting those McLarens, but around lap 20, he came on the radio and asked, quote, how they have nine seconds on us. That's a crazy amount. And then came back on the radio on lap 25 and said the car felt slow. And he learned from his engineer that they're having some cooling issues. Uh, so they had to turn the engine down a little bit, had, uh, you know, slow down the car, slow down the, the power output to keep the engine from blowing up. And then by around lap 31, with his lighter fuel load from burning more fuel, the car gets quicker, he gets quicker, and they're back on track. I think it was Brundle saying that that's kind of the way the Mercedes has been performing all season. Is like once the fuel load burns off a little bit, then the car really comes alive, which I think you could say for most cars on the grid, but especially the Mercedes. Over in the 63 car of George Russell, uh, Russell started on hards, being you know further back on the grid. He was prepping for a long climb from P18, but he was back in the top 10 by lap 12, showing some great racecraft from George Russell. I mean, that's a pretty sweet jump there. With three laps to go, he's behind Leclerc by 5.8 seconds, and Leclerc has a time penalty, a five-second time penalty at the end of the race. So uh, he passed Leclerc anyway, giving us a nice little yeah, baby on the radio, which is strange lando did the same thing when he got on the podium at the end of the race as well like i don't understand why all of these british men are trying to become austin powers well it's probably it's got to be like an inside joke right with their group chats and that well they don't even need group chats they just fly on private jets together so it's probably inside joke from one of their little pj sessions yeah so after starting at 18th and with no safety cars russell pulled off a p6 thanks to leclerc's five second penalty it was a very good race from george uh, you know, further proven that this guy is a real deal and definitely deserves that seat at Mercedes. In case anybody out there was de- He's the real deal? That. He's the real deal. But what does he have? Well, he's got the juice, obviously. What? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, George definitely has the juice. Come on. My driver is saying, the juice! <laughs> <laughs> the juice is loose! <laughs> oh, we're having, we're having a great four-person podcast here. All it's right. fantastic. <laughs> Some juice. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> On a downer note, um, Aston Martin's kind of bad, guys. Fernando Alonso has suggested that the new Pirelli tire constructions that were introduced at Silverstone could be the reason why they're not as strong as earlier in the season. And they are certainly not as strong. They are not very good at all. I- I'm not qualified to speak on tires. I'll take his word for it. One would hope, but also Fernando is like the absolute master of finding everything that is not himself or everything that is not the team that is sure. presumably paying him a lot of money. We had we had the GP2 engine saga back when he was at McLaren Honda. So now we're now we're in a different era of it's actually, I don't know, GP2 tires. The Spanish driver said, quote, also, it is a coincidence that when the new Pirelli tires came in Silverstone, there were a couple of teams that were struggling more and a couple of teams that are very happy with the car. Now, it's not only us. I think Red Bull has clearly been hit with those tires. They've been 1-2 in every qualifying, 1-2 in every race, and now they're not even on pole position. But then he added, obviously, we didn't improve the car compared to the main competitors. We have every Thursday now the new parts for every team. So it's very easy now to see which teams are bringing more and more parts to the Grand Prix. But if I look back to Red Bull after being first and second in every practice, qualifying and race, and now I think this weekend in none of the practice in Silverstone, he was only three seconds in front of Lando. I think Red Bull lost performance in Silverstone. That's a fact. 
a mere three seconds in front of Lando. That's got to be tough. I'm so sorry that you have a three second gap and that's it. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting. I think we need to see more races to be able to actually make sense of what Fernando is pitching here. Also, like this coincided with a lot of people, you know, bringing upgrades, like perhaps McLaren just knew what they were doing for once. I think there's way too many variables at play to make a to to blame the, just the Pirellis, but F1 drivers know what the heck they're talking about. Like famously, a Monaco Grand Prix decades ago with Ayrton Senna, you know, he was like, hey, did they move the barriers? It feels like they moved the barriers. I just hit one. And they're like, what? That's crazy. But in, in fact, they did move it like f- five millimeters. And uh, so, yeah, these guys, these guys know what they're talking about. But also, I guess I'll accept that Fernando might have a point. I think he might have a point, but I also think he's stirring, stirring the pot a little bit. Isn't the best pot stirring when you have like a little bit of a point? Yes. Because why stir the why stir the pot if you don't have a little bit of a point, right? Yes. It's true. You can't you can't just make stuff up. You have to have a a basis in fact for people to buy into. One hundred percent. And I'm buying in. I'm all in. You are <laughs> all in. in. <laughs> Fernando has got you. Fernando has you in his yeah. grasps. I'm, no, what? <laughs> I'm buying stock in Kimwa flip flops right now. So Alonso ended up finishing P9 and Stroll in P10. Just picking up some 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 points. I wouldn't call it decent points, but points at least. It could always be worse. <laughs> Down here now, we've got Ferrari. See, it could always be worse. Carlos Sainz actually had a great start on the soft tires. He started in 11th and was up to P6 in the first lap right behind teammate Charles Leclerc. Insane first lap from Carlos. It was, it was really, really good. But... Uh, but then we kind of came to a point where uh, Carlos Sainz was doing his own strategy. Yeah. Uh, on, la- on lap 11, the engineer asked Sainz if he wanted to swap with Leclerc, but Sainz says it's too early. He'd just pass him again. To be clear, they said switching the Sierra because they are masters of strategy and secrecy. No one could have figured out what that meant. And lap 15, Sainz told his team that he will not box until he sees Checo coming in. They agreed, and then he came in a lap later. So, interesting choices happening. Peak Ferrari. And then we we got uh, Charles Leclerc having yet another peak Ferrari moment. His first stop came on lap 18, and it was a painfully slow one by F1 standards at 9.4 seconds. terrible. It was brutal. It dropped him down to P10. Around lap 41, Leclerc came on the radio to say that their strategy doesn't make sense. Have we heard that before from Ferrari? Have we heard that before? No. Never? All right. They're masters. They're good at this. Ferrari replied, copy, understood. We are discussing it and we'll do it at the end. Uh, Charles responded, what do you mean at the end? And Ferrari said, we are on it. We are on it, okay? I just want to reiterate, if you were not paying attention, lap 41 of 70... Lap 41 of 70. We still have light years to go. We're like a pit stop from the end of the race. So Charles also got the like double whammy of picking up a five-second time penalty for speeding in the pit lane. Shortly after that whole debacle took place, uh, he finished the race in P6, but because of that penalty, was forced to drop down to P7. I mean, if I'm the head of Ferrari right now, I got to fire multiple people. Not just like strategy and like people actually involved in the team but like something's got to change i gotta fire everybody because this is embarrassing like if you're mr ferrari you should fire yourself no because mr ferrari can do no wrong it's everyone else it's ferrari like supposed to be one of the one of the most recognizable brands in the world but now after two seasons or more like we are a laughing stock ferrari like everyone expects us to do something dumb and we prove them right Multiple times per race weekend. Like, what the hell is going on over there? And look, I feel like I said this a lot last season of DRS, and I've kind of cooled off on it because it's like, yeah, old hat that Ferrari does dumb stuff. But like, literally, what is happening right now? It wouldn't be the first time that Ferrari has entirely, like, cleaned house. 
Uh, but I believe, like, the big last time that it happened was because Mrs. Ferrari was playing too much of a role in the business and so everyone left. Honestly, I feel like we could just use, a, like, a refresh. Whatever they've been doing, like, whoever is still on this team preserving this mindset is not helping anything. It's, it's just embarrassing at this point. You have two of the best drivers in the world. Like, guys, you know that if they were in that Red Bull or the Mercedes. I mean, we know the car is, like, pretty dang good. We're shooting ourselves in the foot if I'm Ferrari. You know, it's it's just embarrassing, especially to a brand that recognizable and everything. Like, it's probably hurting their stock, I would imagine. The team, the, the team that's been here since day one of Formula One cannot Formula One. The team that gets a bonus every year that they compete. Also, it goes back to my point that Ferrari is too embarrassed to make a pink car, yet they will go fart around on the Formula One track every (laughs) single weekend. That's fair, yeah. In this year of our Lord 2023, in this era of Barbie, you can't just give us a pink Ferrari. It would be better than whatever you're doing with F1. I bet you if they they did a one-off pink livery this season, they'd be the only race weekend that they win like a one-two finish i guarantee unfortunately they are all just ken (laughs) um i haven't seen the movie yet so i don't know if that's a good or bad thing neither have Um, i i don't know (laughs) um but seriously this is embarrassing uh it has to end several years ago they threatened to like leave the sport or whatever and they made the claim that like nobody would watch f1 if ferrari wasn't in it i'm getting to the point now where where it's like, I think people would watch just fine without Ferrari. You know, like that that's how bad they've fallen is like they're hurting themselves so bad with this. I tune every in every week specifically to see how Ferrari fumbles. Yeah, it. maybe that's, that's why, why I'm yeah, tuning in. Yeah, maybe people would stop watching <laughs> because it's like, oh, they're not gonna have like a comedy of errors this weekend. What's the point of watching? It's just sad, man. <laughs> Someone who is not sad is Alex Albon, because this dude, he is driving. He is driving fast. He is driving well. He finished just out of the points this weekend in P11. Meanwhile, his teammate Logan Sargent did not finish the race, but did not finish the race on lap 69 of 70. He spun out, and while Max was crossing the finish line, he was pulling into the pits. I don't understand why they retired the car. You have one lap left. If you finish 90% of the race distance, you are classified as finishing in your position, oh, I, I see. believe. And since he was at the back, then so, it didn't really matter. Yeah, it, it, it didn't matter. He still would have technically finished the race. Okay. Um, so when you when you look at his Wikipedia stats, it'll have like a little like cross by it. And then you'll look down there and see what that means. And it was completed 90% of the race distance. See, this is why we have Liz on the show. Because when I ask dumb questions like that, uh, Liz comes in with the assist. and I just think it's funny that he's going to have a cross by his name because his victory celebration is being a human cross. So, Oh, Elizabeth just, just did the yeah. arms out. Arms out. Bless Very him. appropriate, yes. <laughs> to sum all, all of this race up, this Hungarian Grand Prix, the podium was Max Verstappen with a 12th Red Bull victory in a row, followed by Lando Norris and Sergio Perez. Then came Lewis Hamilton, Oscar Piastri, George Russell, and Charles Leclerc after his time penalty. After that was Carlos Sainz, Fernando Alonso, and Lance Stroll scooping up those last points. The fastest lap went to Max Verstappen. Driver of the day was Sergio Perez. And our DNFs were the two Alpines, Pierre Gasly and Sebi Ocon, and Logan Sargent, who completed more than 90% of the laps. We've got a, a tight battle here coming out in the World Drivers Championship rankings. Yeah. Fernando Alonso in third has 139 points, but Lewis Hamilton is now creeping up with 133. That's, that's not bad. That's not bad. I know. Yeah, and the battle for fifth place between George Russell, Carlos Sainz, and Charles Leclerc is just separated by only 10 points between them right now. Russell with 90 Signs with 87 and Leclerc with 80 points. So, yeah, it's kind of heating up. Verstappen, though, has a 110-point lead on his teammate, Sergio Perez. That's so, so bad. That's insane. <laughs> they were saying in the broadcast that... Uh, that is crazy. Theoretically, he can clinch the championship at Singapore this year, which is not not that many races away. Amazing. 
Do you think if he clinches the championship in Singapore, he could just go run a Talladega NASCAR race since that's what he wants to do deep Please. down? Actually, clenching the championship means that you can hold the trophy up with your butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So he's still working on you know, like the like his his glute exercises. All right. You know what? He's already got one broken trophy if he can drop it. <laughs> yeah, he could practice with the, that one. Add to the things. Yeah, exactly. Problem solved. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's time for boyfriend of the week. You know how it goes. Who's the best this week? It's middle school rules. Uh, I think I'll lead it off with the company that's building these trophies is my boyfriend of the week uh, for Ooh. remaking Max Verstappen's. They said they're going to rebuild it after Lando Norris uh, destroyed <laughs> destroyed it. I want the broken one. I know that broken one. Put that. Get some crazy glue. Put that thing back together. <laughs> my boyfriend of the week is a delightful teenager named Reagan, who I met this weekend at Iowa. Uh, she is a absolutely massive motorsport fan and is kicking butt with her own podcast called Race Roadie by Reagan. Uh, she's so freaking cool. Uh, it was so nice to see her, so nice to meet her and to, you know, I think this Iowa was her first race that she'd actually ever been to. So she got the full like hospitality experience courtesy of Penske. Um, it was nice to see someone uh, having their like like a life changing moment happening before my eyes. That's cool. So Reagan, you are my boyfriend of the week. A mini Liz Blackstock in the making. Sounds honestly, like. I gave I gave her my card. We're keeping in touch. I was like, I love you. Oh, let's, that's like, cool. Let's be buddies. That's awesome. Yeah, she's she's great. We'll put Reagan's podcast name in the show notes so you can go ahead and follow her on Spotify. Alanis's boyfriend this week is the cab driver who let her record a podcast in his cab. Yes, my boyfriend of the week is my driver. My not boyfriend of the week is this leaf blower that's going right <laughs> next to me. Um, my actual boyfriend of the week is the marbles. Because the marbles. they gave Ooh. Max Verstappen something to do. I love it. Because Max needed Some something to do. <laughs> And they provided him entertainment, and I think that's really special. And I hope Max continues to get entertainment from random things in his peripheral vision throughout the rest of the season. They should just give him a Game Boy to play in the car. Remember those? Well, that's a good kids idea. don't. Know, kids probably don't know what a Game Boy is anymore. These freaking kids. All right. Uh, kids these days. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the Donut Racing Show. We'll be back next week to talk about the Belgian Grand Prix over there at Spa Francorchamps. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe and tell all of your friends to tune in to the Donut Racing Show. If you want to leave us a five-star and kindly worded review, it really helps us out. We also have an email address where you can get in touch, and we got one recently that I'm going to let Elizabeth read. All right. This says, hey, everyone, about the parasocial bonds through motorsport. I am really thankful to live in an era where we can get to know so much more about those who we admire and look up to. On that note, for us fans, this includes not only the drivers, but also people who share our passion with much greater knowledge and have managed to make a living out of it like you are. I've been fortunate enough to interact with two-thirds of the co-hosts of this show on social media. Not that I'm taking a dig at Nolan. Hey, you know. And whether... <laughs> And whether it's just a silly meme or a totally random question, my response is always, wow, this person that I listen to weekly has just replied to me, best day ever. I just wanted you to be aware of the positive impact that you have on us listeners. Thank you for being part of my love of motorsport. Lots of love to everyone who makes this show possible, all the way from Argentina, Marcos. Oh, Marcos, I love you, my man. Thank you so much. I, I actually DM with Marcos on a regular basis. Um and I'm I'm coming out to Argentina because he has sold me on this. Dang. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, always like to kind of respond to comments and stuff like that. I I think today though I have made the decision that I will officially delete my old Twitter account. Wow, your ex account. The end of DRS always turns into social media talk. So just it really know. does. But I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah, X. I'm not into it. I'm deleting my account. Uh, Blue Sky, I, I find myself not really going on there that often, to be honest. And even Instagram, sometimes less now. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of fun, kind of taking a break from all this. I was super into Twitter for like four years now. 
And it's been very... Nolan says that X is not going to give it to you. (laughs) Wow. Uh, So, I don't know. It's been kind of nice, actually, taking a break from all this stuff and kind of picking up a book or two. Why not try Crack Books sometime, you know? What are you reading, Nolan? Uh, I'm working my way through Blood Meridian right now, uh, after Cormac McCarthy passed away. I hated that book. It's pretty gnarly, but I also have this G-Wagon book I'm reading for a video that we're going to shoot this Thursday. So I've been I kind of <laughs> opposite ends of the spectrum a little bit. If you're going to read Cormac McCarthy, read, Ch- I think it's Child of God, Children of God. That's the best one. All right. Sounds good. I do like his style. Uh, all right. If you're not familiar with Donut, we have a YouTube channel as well as an automotive history podcast called Past Gas. I love doing Past Gas, so check those out. Follow DRS on Twitter or X at Donut Racing Show. Email us at donutracingshow at donutmedia.com. Follow Alanis at Alanis N. King on Twitter and Instagram or uh, Threads or Blue Sky Everywhere. Follow Liz on Twitter at Eliz underscore Blackstock or Eliza Blackstock on IG and Threads. Everything else. Follow me at Nolan J. Sykes on everything else if you're on a social media platform just search nolan j sykes that's probably me and if it's not it's probably some brazilian guy who's sitting on my name that happened to me on twitter and then i i dm that guy yuri he was nice he was a fan anyway that's besides the point goodbye (laughs) bye Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.